This is the Discover Demelza podcast, episode three. You are listening to the Discover Demelza podcast, where you will join with Demelza in learning new things that will benefit your physical, mental, and spiritual health and well-being. Discover Demelza is sponsored by Your Natural Choice, supplier of Moore's Original Ointment. Considered the best under the sun in the Victorian era, this continues to be an effective and soothing all-natural cream that is kind to your skin. Don't miss out on this great product. Get yours today. Also sponsored by Cheeky Monkey Safaris, your ideal choice for an amazing safari adventure in the Serengeti Plains and other spectacular national parks in Tanzania. Book now to take advantage of a holiday of a lifetime. And now, your host, artist, entrepreneur, and Christ follower, Demelza Marie. In the last podcast, we looked at some ways our words and actions can be a discouragement to a sufferer of a chronic invisible illness. For this podcast, we'll be looking at how we can be a positive encouragement to our friends and family by the things we say and what we do for them. As mentioned in the previous podcast, we don't want you to be afraid to say the wrong thing and back off completely, leaving us even more alone. However, it can be hard to know how to interact with someone whose life has changed dramatically and they can't do the things they used to be able to do. So the following are some ideas that would really encourage and bless those who are suffering. If you are this kind of friend or family member, then the sufferer is truly blessed. If you are the sufferer and have friends and family that live these things out, don't forget to thank them and show your appreciation. There are many people who are very much alone and don't have this kind of support, and it's important not to take our friendships for granted, especially when they're more demanding of the other person in some way. To save saying friend and family member each time, I will normally just say friend. However, these things apply to family members as much as to friends some even more so. There are four key things to remember from this podcast. One, it's important that you believe your friend, even if you don't understand. Remember that you only see a part of the picture of what's going on. Your friend or family member will often not elaborate on all the problems they're dealing with, but even if they do, it's impossible for you to fully understand what's going on. So, for example, It can be confusing when a sufferer can do one thing that seems harder to us and not something we consider easier. However, there may be an element of their condition that you can't see that makes the easy thing impossible for them. Sometimes the variability of many of these conditions means that what is impossible one day or one part of a day can be accomplished at other times, but even then there are often consequences unseen to most. So even if it doesn't make sense to you, just believe them and support them in what they say. Two, along these lines, listen to them. Listen to what they need and want from you. Three, they aren't looking for you to fix things. They want your support, strength, comfort and help. And four, ask them what it is that they need specifically. Every person is different. Personalities are different, health needs are different, circumstances are different, so ask them how you can help them as an individual. Okay, so the following are some examples of things that would be great to say or do, or be aware of, 
for your suffering friend or loved one and why. In this section, I have nine things to consider. Number one, beware of compassion fatigue. It's easier to care short term. It's harder to care long term. So make sure to take some time out for yourself. Time out is better than burnout. And also evaluate your motivation. Pity or even compassion alone will not sustain caring over the long term. Two, keep inviting your friends to events, even if they have to turn down most of the time or cancel at the last minute. Most would still prefer to be invited so that they have the option to come. Things to note with this, though, is not to take it personally if your friend keeps cancelling on you. It's likely to be harder on your friend to keep missing out. Also, remember that when you do see your friend out and about, that they're having a good day, but that doesn't mean that they are well. It means the symptoms are reduced enough to push past them, or they're just stubborn enough to mind over matter for the short term and pay for it big time later. And also, if your friend becomes too unwell while out with you, make it easy on them to leave early, as they'll probably feel bad about it already. Three, keep in touch. Initiate contact with them on a regular basis. You don't know what an encouragement you're contacting them might make. So here are some ideas. Give your friend a phone call, even five minutes to ask them how they are and to let them know you're thinking of them. And a note to the sufferers, you need to be mindful of people's time as well by not keeping people on the phone too long, or you're likely to have fewer calls. Other options are send regular texts, Facebook messages, or emails. Be aware that the sufferer may struggle to respond promptly, if at all. Your efforts may be most appreciated, but replying may be just too much for the person at that time. It would probably be good to ask your friend which method of contact they would prefer, since some find talking easier and some find responding to written messages in their own time easier. And when it comes to talking with your friend, just chat to them as normal, like you did before they got sick. Talk about hobbies, things of interest to both of you. It doesn't always have to be about health. So take your cues from your friend as to whether to talk about health or other topics. And also ask your friend how they're doing at the moment, since symptoms can vary quickly. If your friend says they're okay, they are likely to still be feeling what you would consider rough. Sufferers learn to live with constant pain, discomfort, fatigue, and many other things. Some days are worse than others. Some days are more bearable. And don't forget you can always pray for them. Four, visit your friend. You could take them out of the house if they are up to it. It might be a rare treat for them to get out beyond the four walls. Or you could hang out with them at home, just catching up, maybe doing something creative together, playing games, or even doing a chore together, such as cooking, where you can help or do it for them if they are not able to themselves. Five, be very careful about giving medical advice. But if you are sure you have something new and helpful, be sure to have an attitude of humility and acknowledge that your advice may not be applicable. Do not presume you know what is best for your friend, however much you care. And also accept the position of your friend if they choose not to act on your advice. They know what their body needs most, and they are likely to know what treatment options work or don't work, and what has already been tried.
Six, be patient with your friend as they try different treatments. They may try changes in their diet to see if that helps improve symptoms. But beware of thinking that diet changes are a cure though. They often are not a cure but can help. Also, they may try pharmaceutical medicines and react badly so cannot continue them. Some may try natural methods such as supplements or alternative medicines and treatments. Whatever they choose, don't discourage them from trying to find a treatment that works to manage their symptoms, even if it means a lot of failed treatments in the process of finding something that works. It's better to encourage them not to give up looking and trying, but never put pressure on anyone to try any treatment. 7. Learn more about the illness that your friend suffers from. Here are some ways you could do this. Ask your friend for information so that they can give you the best information. There's a lot of rubbish on the internet as well as helpful stuff. You could also consider joining support groups in real life or online that your friend is a part of so that you can understand more. Maybe you could consider helping to raise awareness through charity events and things like that. It would also be a huge encouragement to be your friend's advocate in difficult situations, such as at the doctor's among friends, or when the general public don't understand and give your friend a hard time. If you have children, teach your children to respect and know how to interact with the chronically ill and disabled. And also, depending on your sense of adventure, why not take a day where you can recreate an element of what it is your friend is going through? For example, if your friend uses a wheelchair, use one yourself for a day to see what it's like. 8. Recognize your friend's emotional needs. They are likely to be grieving personal losses of abilities, hobbies, relationships, work, dreams, and many other things. Allow time for your friend to grieve since these losses often happen gradually over time and not all at once. Therefore, the grieving process will also be gradual. Find ways to encourage your friend and be sensitive to what they're going through physically and emotionally. Please try not to add to their already negative feelings, discouragement, and depression. For example, don't be embarrassed to be seen with your friend. If they need a wheelchair or if they're likely to pass out on you, don't let that stop you from going out and being seen with them and doing things with them. Why not make negative and embarrassing experiences as positive as possible, even fun, such as using a wheelchair when not used to it? I'm sure there are plenty of ways in which using a wheelchair could be made more fun. And if your friend wants to do something, encourage them to do it and help them where you can. Don't discourage them from trying or aiming for something. But if your friend is an overachiever, it may be wise to put the reins on sometimes. While you should not stop someone like this, reminding them firmly of the consequences of what they plan is helpful. But the responsibility still remains with the sufferer. And finally, number nine, other practical ideas to help would be fixing meals for your friends and their family, if that's applicable. This could be a one-off, or it could be on a rotor basis with other friends, or it could be helping to prepare a week's worth of meals with your friend. Also, another thing that would be helpful is playing taxi driver to doctor's appointments or getting groceries or whatever else needs to be done. And if the sufferer has kids, why not help them out 
take the kids out to the park or events if your friend is not well enough. And also you could ask if they need help with the housework. And scheduling get-togethers at your friend's house or at times when your friend is more likely to be well enough to join in would also be a huge encouragement. A note to employers. One, think about ways in which you can make your business more disability friendly. Two, take the needs of your employee seriously. If they ask for help or concessions in certain areas, such as a need to sit down, then provide as best you can. Three, be thankful that this person still has a will to work and is continuing to work for as long as they can before living off welfare. Help them do this as long as possible and as easily as possible. And four, look into options that your government or social system might provide for enabling your business to be more disability friendly. There may be funding available to help you to accommodate the needs of your employee. Okay, so now we've finished the section on how to be an encouragement to the sufferer. However, it's also important to remember that the primary carer of the sufferer also needs to be considered. So here are four things to think about when it comes to encouraging the primary carers. Number one, don't forget the primary carers. They have their own struggles and needs, but are often forgotten. So keep in touch with the carer as well. Call them, text, email, message, whatever. They need encouragement too. You can pray for them. You can listen to their needs and struggles. And don't dismiss them as being less important than the sufferer's needs or not a big deal. And also share their burdens as you are able. Two, provide practical help. As mentioned before, for the sufferer, you could provide meals. You could help with the kids. You could help with playing taxi driver, help with the housework. Although, please check with your friends that they would be happy with this, as some may not want the help. Others will be relieved for the help, but may be afraid to ask for this kind of favour. And also just generally easing some of the responsibilities that the carer has on top of everything else that they are dealing with. 3. Provide opportunities for time out for the carer. Keep inviting the carer out even if they may not be able to make it very often due to caring for their family member. If the carer can't go out, hang out with them at their house, either just the carer or the carer and the sufferer. Another option is to hang out with the sufferer so the carer can go out with his friends for some downtime. And four, provide financial support. Some medicines, treatments, Equipment, aids, or general management of an illness can get quite costly and not always be covered by the healthcare system. Also, often, due to the sickness, it's a one-earner household and therefore they have less income already due to the partner not being able to work. So, if you have been blessed financially, maybe you could bless your friends by taking care of a medical bill or a cost of some sort to take some pressure and stress off the couple. Okay, that wraps up the suggestions of what you can do or say to encourage the sufferers and the carers. The thing to remember as I wrap up this podcast is that each person is different, so it is important to listen to and understand your friends and how you can help them specifically without making judgments on what you think is best for them. However, if you have a genuine desire to help and encourage based on their needs, 
then your friend or family member is likely to really appreciate that and value your investment in their lives. It is important to recognize that some people find accepting help difficult, and so great sensitivity may be needed. It is also true that the more independent-minded sufferers may not identify ways they can be helped that you as a caring friend or family member may see as you get to know them and their struggles better. You can see outside their box easier than they can, but never impose your help. Not many are likely to help consistently, nor care enough to listen to a podcast like this, so please know that someone like you will be a real blessing to them. You have been listening to the Discover Demelza podcast. If you found today's episode helpful, please go to the website at discoverdemelza.com to find the podcast notes with links relevant to today's topic. We look forward to catching up with you next time. Have a great week.